Hi, guys, and welcome back to another episode of Talk About It, Sis. We are super excited for this episode. We've been talking about it all week. Um, and it's about bad relationships and the good lessons that we learned from them. I know I have a lot to say about this because I've had my fair share of bad relationships. <laughs> uh, Amanda, what do you think about this topic? Um, I, too, have had bad relationships, so I have a lot to share. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess we'll just like uh, jump right into it. So to start, I guess, Amanda, by telling me like, what is the worst relationship you can remember having in your life? (laughs) Oh my God. So I just want to say, I feel like I didn't have actual relationships, but things like situationships and and flings. They all fall under the umbrella. (laughs) Yeah, I just wanted to make that clear because my first real relationship wasn't until I got married. So I've had flings, situationships, on and off dating, but but yeah, just wanted to make that clear. But the worst, oh my God, it was the guy right before I started dating my husband. I, I was so like pressed to be in a relationship that I ignored I would I, I ignored the red flags like I saw them and I ignored them and I was like whatever and like red flags like what so I actually I remember telling him he would only call me in the evenings like night like around eight and I that I was like come on get out of here so I was like, please don't call me anymore. Like, you only call me at night. And then he was like, wow, really? Blah, blah, blah. And he continued being my social media friend. But I don't know. One night I saw him at the club and I gave him another chance. <laughs> he was just so convenient. And it ended up being the worst ever. I so regret him. Um, Did you go through some of the red flags? <laughs> I think you so skipped besides, over that part. Okay, so besides... <laughs> only calling me in the evening. Um, He was in a rush to always be at my place. So I had my own spot. I thought he had his own spot at the time. And like a few weeks into us dating, he was like, oh, my roommate didn't pay the rent and we're getting evicted. Some story that didn't make sense, but I ignored red flag number two and I started letting him stay with me. So we were calling each other girlfriend and boyfriend, but that was the biggest shame ever. So uh, were you living um, by yourself at the time when you let him move in? I didn't let him move in. I just I mean, let you him. Did. Okay, okay. I let him move in. Um, he brought what little things he had to my house. And so, yes, I was living alone and I was living in a studio at that. So it's not like I had a lot of space. Um, and it was cool to have someone there but I was just like this fake in love like oh I have this boyfriend and we're together and we'll probably move somewhere and so he was like trying to get another apartment that was bigger and then he um at some point he mentioned marriage so that's what that was red flag number three I was like marriage I was like okay this is crazy because it has it hasn't even been two months at this point you're already talking about marriage oh wow how old were you at the time I was 23, 22, 23, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, okay, this is weird. And I just kept ignoring, like, whatever. And I guess, you know, I was still hanging out, partying, doing my thing. So I, I didn't look at him as too much as an inconvenience. It was just someone I could come home to. And the sex wasn't good either. Um, <laughs> so I really don't know what I was doing. Honestly, a part of that too is I was trying to not to have feelings 
for my current husband. And I was trying to distract myself so that he was also a distraction. So part of that is my fault. What do you call it? The the straw that broke the camel's back was I had traveled to Miami and I let him stay at my house again. I know. (laughs) I know. Please, tisk tisk. There's tisk tisk all over the story. I take full accountability. But I let him stay at my house. Yes, he had a key. God, so stupid. All right, <laughs> you don't have to shame like yourself. This is not a shaming <laughs> session. <laughs> and anyway, I remember like leaving my shower linen on the um, island thing I had in my kitchen. And I was like, yeah, put this up. I'll be gone. So by that point, I'd seen the red flags. It had been um, a month going on two, and he did not give me any money for rent or groceries. So that was already a red flag. It was already building up in my head. Did he have a job? <sighs> I forgot about that part. So he claimed that he worked at a law firm, but every day when he went to work, he had like flip flops and khakis. And so I was like, that's pretty casual to be going to a law firm. Right. <laughs> he was like, I changed when I get to work. I was like, okay, whatever. Oh, okay. Like none, none of this made sense. It never made sense to me. But I just was like, whatever. And you then, just wanted um, to be in a relationship. I did. I just wanted, I was like, I just need a boo, a committed boo. And he probably was like, I need somewhere to stay. So it works out. <laughs> And I got back from Miami, whatever, and the shower linen was still sitting where in the same spot I left it. So I told him to hang it up, and he did not. So when I came back, I was like, "That's it. That was, that was it. I don't know why that was it, but that was it." How long did it take? How long did it go on? We, I would say, almost into like maybe three months. We had finished talking by, um, I'd say like around August, sometime in August, and then we had started in the summer. So it wasn't even a full three months. But after that, he just got really crazy. He was calling me a whore and he called me Judas because I said I wanted him on my house. He was accusing me of having sex with other guys, which I wasn't, but I should have. Um, And eventually, you know, he took all his things and got out and I changed the locks and I have literally not seen him until this, till this day. I have not seen him. And that was 2010. I see him on social media. He be lying. (laughs) Oh, so it all came out. It all came out, though. Another girl he was messing with put all his business on the Internet after me, like a few months after me. So he never worked at the law firm. He worked at the grocery store. Um, He did not. I told you that, girl. (laughs) (laughs) The flip flops and khakis Mm -hmm. said it all. And he just didn't pay his rent. So he got evicted. It wasn't like he had to move. So he really didn't have anywhere else to stay. He was an all around fraud. Oh, and another thing, he asked me to co-sign a vehicle. That was the other thing. And I was like, this guy has to get out of my house. He asked me to co-sign a vehicle. I was like, no. Like, yeah. is this what happens to people? I just yes, like, okay. Girl. Yes, so many women do this. <laughs> okay, so I was like, this is not happening. Like, okay, this has gone on long enough. You got to go. <laughs> There's no reason for you to be here. Hey, at least I'm it only took you three months. A lot that of people a take a lot. Learned. A lot of people take a lot longer to figure these things out. So three months wow. is not bad. At least you, at least yeah. you figure it out and got him up out yeah. of there. Because so yeah, that girl, was he was going to marry you. Girl, he would have <laughs> did whatever. Your car. Um, so what lessons do you feel like you learned from that? Well, it was definitely, what's funny is that came later in my dating life, not early. Like he was right before I got with my husband. So it was pretty much like, don't force things. <laughs> like I pretty much forced that and I used it to distract from other things. So when something's not meshing, it's kind of like people say, go with those red flags early. The first red flags was you didn't want to take me out. You only called me in the evening. 
And I, if I had left it at that, I wouldn't have found myself in the predicament I did. That's true. That's very, very true. Follow those red flags early. But also, like, I feel like a lot of people just repeat the same patterns. So you mm-hmm. could be somebody who had that situation and it happened. And then you're like, oh, dang, that didn't work out. He sucked. But then you choose the same exact guy in a different body who does the exact same thing. So a lot of people right. do that over and over and over again. So at least it only took you one time. Maybe you got lucky yeah. and then got married right after. But <laughs> That was a, a waste. A waste of three months. Okay. Now, what about yours? Girl, I have more (laughs) bad situationships than I can count. Um, I think it's interesting, though, because I did have like a long break in between my dating life. Like, um, I mean, a lot of people know that I was celibate for six years from 20 to 26. So I don't really date at all during that time. Um, But I would say pretty much most of my relationships have not been great. And I think I also have to take full responsibility on that. But basically, my first relationship was like 17 horrible relationship like horrible i had no self-esteem i let this dude do whatever he would not claim me i was like obsessed i don't know if it was like the thing then um when you were a team to have like a man claim you and then put you in his top eight and like he need everyone needs to know that i'm his girlfriend and i was like obsessed (laughs) and i'm like you don't claim me you treat me like shit he did treat me like shit girl he would do all types of stuff he would cheat on me he had have sex with other people i literally caught him out on a date one time (laughs) i mean we were 17 so yeah but that was like the beginning of my like bad relationship trajectory i think in the end of that one i just got so fed up with him we were like we're outside of his house i remember the day i ended that relationship we were outside of his house and he had a girl best friend and she was behind us and i was like okay in in the car and he was like okay i was like give me a kiss goodbye like okay and he's like nah i can't do that right now girl I was so angry. I was like, okay, I knew I was going to take one last look at him and I was never going to see him again. So I was like, okay, have a nice night, close the door. And I never talked to him again. I went to college. Girl, he called me for like two months straight. But that was like the beginning of all of my bad relationships, which were pretty much, yeah, which were pretty much the same. Like if I really think about all of my relationships, it was literally the guys doing the same things, exhibiting the same red flags. Um, And I think that's why in general, like women also have to take responsibility um, for their role in why they keep getting into the relationships that they do. Like, for example, like we're always like men are trash. They're the worst person. They're the worst people on earth. And yes, there are a lot of trash men out there. Don't get me wrong. We live in a society catered to men. They treat women however they want, a lot of them. And yes, it's highly problematic. But there are good men out there too. Um, So I think like if you're choosing bad men over and over again, you have to ask yourself why. Um, So for me, it was, you know, we model, you know, I'm always going to throw trauma in there, but we model, (laughs) (laughs) um, we model the love that we experienced growing up. So if you didn't feel loved, you're always going to be searching for love in men or whoever, whatever sex, you know, you are attracted to, uh, in people that cannot give it to you. If you grew up in a house that was like, everybody was arguing all the time. So you produced a lot of cortisol in your body. You choose relationships that produce that same amount of cortisol 
cortisol in your body because right. it feels like homeostasis. It feels normal for you. So I realized that I was doing that. The love that I didn't get from my parents, I wanted it in a man. It comes to a point where you really got to be like, okay, girl, it can't just be them all the time. Like I'm right. choosing them, right? Uh, and that's when I had to do like introspection and be like, I was choosing emotionally unavailable men because there was a part of me that was emotionally unavailable because I actually didn't want commitment as much as I said I did want this like mm-hmm. happy marriage and happy life. I was like, actually, commitment is really scary. And allowing somebody to see all of you and be in love is a really, really scary thing, at least for me, because to me, I'm like, well, love and vulnerability often ends in pain. So I'll just choose emotionally unavailable people that can't give me that. So I'll just keep chasing it <laughs> and right. I'll, I'll never end up getting it. And I'll just remain in that cycle. And you know, <laughs> uh, obviously I don't do that now. <laughs> And I'm toxic. (laughs) But anyway, it's been it's been a long journey. Now I feel like I can recognize the red flags. Like, actually, um, I made a list um, that I'm able to recognize. And it's to me, it's like second nature. Now, as soon as I see this type of thing, I'm like, oh, no, I know what this is. So what are your top I'm sure the list is long, right? No, it's actually not that long. I mean, oh, okay. pretty, the the people do the same. Emotionally unavailable unavailable people mostly do the same things. Like, so what's that list look like? Um, I mean, I can name a few of them. Um, somebody who's not consistent in communication, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, somebody that uh, cannot handle when I express my emotions. So even if I'm just saying, hey, like you did this thing that made me upset. If your reaction is like anger or you disappear <laughs> or you mm-hmm. feel like, you know, like anything that's not like, hey, let me try to understand this person. I know is immediate red flag. Um, somebody that doesn't keep their word for me is a huge red flag. If you say we're going to go out on Thursday and we don't go out on Thursday without any explanation and then you pop up on next Wednesday, then I know <laughs> that, you, that, you're emo- that you are probably emotionally unavailable. And emotionally unavailable doesn't mean like something is wrong with the guy. He just may, may not want to be emotionally available with you. I don't. Like red flags. Honestly, that- when I think about red flags, like again, red flags, what do we call them back then? I don't know. I'm pretty sure I didn't call them red flags, but there were just things I knew that I did not like. But I was so unsure of my ability to be in a relationship that I actually was not looking for relationships. I was actually perfectly fine being single and having lovers and then like having like a one main person. And then as I got a little bit into like my mid-20s, I I started desiring a committed relationship. I just didn't think I could have one. I didn't know that then, but it just felt like, okay, I I assumed that guys were like this one way. And so instead of trying to get into a committed relationship with a guy who I don't think is going to get right, I'm going to beat him at his own game. And of course, that did not work out sometimes. Sometimes I found myself after the club crying <laughs> over some guy who I thought was the one. And when all actuality, he was in it for the exact reason that we met. Like it was a beneficial relationship for us to have sex with each other. And I caught feelings because I was, because um, I probably found something that I liked in them other than the sex. And I would get my feelings hurt. So then I would just go back to my regular self was like, okay, you do these guys, you don't hang out, you don't catch feelings. That's it. Because every time I caught feelings, I was just left in pain. I was like, oh gosh, see so what you happens just... you saw these guys? I turned off my emotions. Um, I've had some really good I... flings. Me... So I've had guys that I may have dated for like three or four months 
we we went out, we hung out, we stayed over each other's houses. We were like an uh, unofficial relationship. We also obviously we weren't um, exclusive. But then when the time was up, it was up. Yeah, and that was good for me. I actually enjoyed that because it was no pressure. It wasn't like oh, who are you talking to? Oh, you didn't call me. It was like when we see each other, it's good, and when we don't, whatever. And the only one person that I felt like I had a connection to, like a relationship thing, that relationship was so toxic. And it carried on from like 2004 until 2010. The the guy you were talking about? um, No, no, not that guy. Oh, a different toxic relationship. Yeah, this one was toxic in the sense that he would not claim me at all. Mm -hmm. But I would not leave him alone. I I know that I was emotionally convenient for him. And Mm -hmm. he knew that whenever he called, I would come. Even if I was seeing other guys or dating other guys i would just come running and it just felt good to be wanted by him but he would never like claim me or nothing it was all like that you know you mine (laughs) that whole thing but i'm not really yours because you're having babies on me (laughs) was he having babies yes oh wow so you guys were together for four years and he had a baby no i didn't even say we're together it was like a thing we were like talking on and off from 2004 until like I got married and it was just it was toxic it was like he doesn't want to be and I had to keep telling myself like he does not want to be with you dog even my my mother told me like one day she was like he doesn't want you (laughs) and I'm like I know (laughs) yeah I had a situation like that as you know (laughs) um somebody out of state where he was in my life for literally two years I met him Uh, in Vegas and he was you know the thing about some men is they portray themselves out to be like Prince Charming in the beginning you know like what they call love bombing so they're so sweet they are like pretending to be your knight in shining armor they do they call on time they do what they say they're gonna do and then all of a sudden they switch up and you're like who the hell is this but you're already hooked on them Mm -hmm. um so I think that was the case with him. Uh, and so I was already hooked by the time I was like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> I don't know you. And he knew that. And I don't know. He just has some type of hold on me. We're not going to say exactly what. <laughs> <laughs> and we both had like different situationships while that during that two year time. And obviously we don't live in the same state, but I would always continue to go back to him. Like I would fly out there. We'd always end up somewhere in the same city. You know, you remember. Um, remember. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it just, it went on far too long. And then I was finally like, Maya, like you are never going to get anything from this man. And the thing is, I think I fluctuate a lot in my emotions. So I could be like totally in love with someone one day. And then I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep it around. I'm true Gemini. That is a Gemini. Gemini. That is Gemini. Uh, and yeah, so I think I went through a lot of fluctuations. But in the end, I was like, okay, if I say I want a, a relationship, I'm not going to get it from this person. And I had to really like think about that and then cut him off. And like he still would freaking try to request me and send me text messages after I blocked him to my computer. <laughs> but <laughs> it was like he liked the chase until... He knew he had me back, you know? Yeah, I'm just going to chase you until I know that I have you. I want you back. Why are you playing? Okay. Yeah. (laughs) And the thing is, the thing is too, like people use other people as coping mechanisms. Um, And I realized that I was doing that. Like 
The times where I was like, dang, I like him so much. I was just going through something in my own life that I wanted an escape from. Right. You know? And the same way that people use alcohol. I was like, oh, God, yeah. I'm feeling depressed today. Like, let me call XYZ, you know? I um, admit that. I, I know, like, I talk about the the men who do stuff to us and who lead us on. But I've 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 used men before. Well, I, I would say that I use that that terrible guy. But I've used men before to get over someone and, or to get over no, something. We all have. Yeah. And I, I feel bad. I, I had one guy was like, I'm not your rebound. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, how did you know you were my rebound? <laughs> yeah. How did you discover this? Yeah, I well, mean, it's least- probably obvious to the men. You know, you only call me during certain times. I actually really feel bad for my talk behavior now it was really bad i don't i mean you don't no for what like that was they were just as as toxic as i was you know like toxicity is a two-way street toxic i don't think i think some of the guys i think a few not not all i think a few of the guys i I feel bad for like i really didn't use them like it was very manipulative um I feel bad. Yeah. I'm not holding no. it over my head like an umbrella, but you know, I can I can admit that I, I probably shouldn't have engaged in certain relationships yeah. with people. I mean, we all can, right? We all have the but I also feel like none of mine were um not mutually toxic. You know, like both uh, of us both of us were toxic. Except except one dude that I dated when I was nineteen. And I was definitely toxic. I was the toxic <laughs> one in that relationship. Like I totally played him. I like one day just woke up and was like, I don't like you anymore. Like, and then the next day was like, I did that a few times. God. Yeah. The next day I was in a relationship in a fake relationship with my best friend, my best guy friend. Um, and I know that hurt. So <laughs> I'm sorry if you're out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. We all have, we all have been toxic at some point in our lives, I think. Yeah. And then you got me thinking more when I talked about, I really didn't want of like a relationship but also too i think i was also scared so one thing that i totally hate is that like narrative that you know girls hate girls hate good guys and they go for the bad guys no and i think i hate it so much is because at one point that was true for me and i remember i dated this awesome guy he was um he was actually from new york and he had like everything together it was almost like too good to be true not not like a prince charming or anything but he was very mannerable opposite of the guys i dated you know i like i like my little hood men the dudes yes mm-hmm. we know a little around <laughs> around the way fillets oh, but God. he was like mannerable <laughs> he had a he had a full-time legit job um he like he was the type of guy to like call me i'm like hey i'm gonna be there this time wear this open door like he was like wow a man and i was in my early 20s and he wanted to be in a relationship he was celibate as well oh lord like we dated <laughs> we just, i was like okay i can't do this <laughs> but anyway i had end up cutting him off for that toxic relationship that carried on from my high school days to my adulthood i remember like confiding to him about me and he was like you know if you need anything from me let me know like the guy was on my phone line and i was like i can't get rid of him because he's on my phone line he was like i'll just pay the money to get him off and Aww. i was like no <laughs> that's, that's okay i want to keep him 
anyway, he was just too good. And I just felt like someone like him didn't need someone like me. I wasn't ready to be off these streets, as they say. <laughs> I wasn't ready to be off the streets. And I was a little intimidated by it as well. And yeah, I was going to say, did a part of you feel like you didn't deserve to be treated? Yeah, way? a part of me really, I think I don't feel like I deserve someone like him. Like, I'm not there. That, and I don't think I was there yet. I recognized that I'm I'm still young and running these streets. I don't think I would be a good fit for you. And yeah. so I broke it all with, off with him. And he was just like, are you sure? Like, he was a little upset about it. I lied to him. So I will tell you, I feel bad about this. I lied and told him that either I was getting back with someone or I was, um, yeah, I lied. I lied said I was getting back with someone else and it was getting pretty serious. That was not true. I wasn't getting back with anybody. <laughs> You're getting back with these streets. <laughs> getting back to these clubs. <laughs> and he was the sweetest. I mean, he ended up actually getting married a year or so after. And I'm happy, I'm happy for him. He's, But I wasn't ready for that. He obviously yeah. really wanted to get married to somebody yeah i mean like you did the right thing i think i mean not the lying part but i think you did the right part <laughs> the right thing by ending it like you know he wasn't you guys were not compatible essentially yeah we and that's what it was we also just weren't compatible like dude i'm too loud for you i'm just yeah. have you ever though been with a guy that you felt like yeah this he was good to you but you realized there was some incompatible incompatibility issues <laughs> um like i said for me there's a huge chunk missing in my dating life and i'm now like you know was that the right decision i appreciate being celibate and not dating for that long you though talk about that like yeah. six years celibate yeah i mean and i mean it's one thing to like be like a virgin and not have and you never you don't know what sex is like and then it's one thing to have been like in a relationship with one person and then you stop but like to go from different relationships to celibate six years like how was that um well you have to think i was also still young like i uh had only been having sex for two years two and a okay. half years by the time that i became uh celibate and like i said relationships up to that point had not been positive for me outside of that one guy who was really nice to me and i broke his heart um but they hadn't really been positive. So I felt like me being celibate was a way for me to not be hurt. You know, like, uh, obviously I was date? like, no, Why I didn't date celibate? at all. No, okay. I didn't date at all. I was super Christian as well. Like I believed in the Bible. Like I thought that I wanted to wait, uh, until I got married to have sex. Um, and like, I was living my life that way. And it wasn't until I hit like 26 where I was like, yeah, I don't know if this is what I want to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just, you know, returned to my old ways. Um, so, but, but I think that, I think that that time was actually really positive for me. I think it probably saved me a lot of heartache. Um, and it allowed me to truly get to know myself without like outside influence, the outside influence of men. Um, but I don't think one thing I think about is because I was doing it for religious reasons. I don't think that I, I resolved a lot of things that I needed to resolve, like increasing my self-esteem and like, valuing myself as a woman, valuing my body. Like I wasn't having sex because I thought it was the right thing to do instead of honoring myself, which is like, if I decide not to have sex now, I'm doing it because I'm honoring myself um, and honoring, you know, the value of myself and the value of my body and the value in giving away my body to somebody else. So I think maybe those six years would have panned out differently, but I appreciate it. I I truly do admire you. I'm going to be honest. Admire, you admire me for what? For being six years celibate. I mean, that's 
that's something awesome for me. I think the longest time went with six months, literally. Oh, wow. Six months, yeah. I think it just becomes like not a part of your life anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Like it just, yeah. sex wasn't a part of my life at that point in my life. Now that I'm 30, about to be 31, I, uh, I often think back like, damn, did I miss like sexually exploring during those years? Like I could have, I don't know. I, I You didn't miss anything. Yeah, ex- <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, I think I think it was positive overall because yeah. I was still I was still doing hella dumb stuff when I broke my celibacy. You know, it's not like I like had some epiphany moment and was then smart and made smart decisions. It was like, oh, I'm back on the streets. All right, <laughs> hey guys. Yeah. So it wasn't until maybe like the past two years. Yeah, let me say the past two years um, where I really like started valuing myself, stopped trying to like, I don't know. I feel like as women, we put a lot of value in our bodies and what we can do with them or what we can make men do (laughs) in a way that's not, I don't know if it's the greatest. Um, So I stopped putting, I stopped putting my worth in my vagina and started putting my worth in who I am as a person. Um, And I think that's changed my perspective in who I sleep with and Mm -hmm. what I do with my body and who I allow to treat me certain ways. Like now, you know me now. I'm like, no nonsense. Like, get out of here with that. <laughs> no. And, I and you often like, tell me I'm very like, just like that, Maya? Like, that's just it? Like, that's it? No, you're <laughs> right. And even though I'm like, not with you, even at a certain age, I realized that at some point it was like, what can I do? Can I make this guy? You know, it's like a power thing. But yeah. after a while, I was like, what am I getting from this? Yeah. If he's really not putting it down, like, why am I still engaging this? And so... For those people who um, choose to engage in casual sex, it's like, are you even getting your needs met? So yeah, you're not exactly. Your, you're not getting your emotional needs met, but are you getting your physical needs exactly. met? Exactly, exactly. And literally, it would be neither because they would suck. And I'm, and then I'd be like, why did I do that? Like, what was the point of that? I think part of having good sex in general, like, of course, you can have good sex with a stranger, but part of having good sex right. is like knowing that connection. person's body. Yeah, yeah. You learn that over time you know what that person likes stranger who knows your body (laughs) yeah exactly i mean sometimes there's just like that chemistry and it flows but like a lot of great sex is built over time so i don't know casual sex just has not it was never for me like Mm -hmm. and then when i did find somebody that i you know we were compatible i would just continue with that person indefinitely until the toxicity (laughs) just got too much There are a lot of women, and I'm sure they'll probably hear this, like, that are having sex with men who are not even meeting their physical needs. They need to stop. Well, then you have to think. But no, but then you have to think about society and how they programmed women and that met that sex has always been taught to us as though it's like for male pleasure like who was teaching us about the female orgasm growing up like this no, is it was definitely yeah. true definitely in the beginning but then as a woman as again but you're right someone has to say as you learn your body and you can't be ashamed of it you can't be embarrassed and i'm sure when i was like in my 20s and stuff i would be considered rare as i know what i want and i know how to get it and if you're not giving me this, <laughs> what is the point yeah. of us doing this? Yeah. Get out but of my bed. You, I feel like that for you was more about power, contr- power and control and less about being pleased. Whereas like, you know, you're like, yeah, I'm going to, if you're not doing this and you ain't doing nothing, I'm going to go to the next one. That's, that's about <laughs> was, you being it controlled. Was, it depends. It was both. But I, I do feel like that I had to be pleased. Like if I'm making a call, if I'm doing like a, 
yeah. late night, I'm choosing that man who's going to please me. Because yeah. normally if the man's pleasing you, he has the upper hand <laughs> sometimes. No, it's Usually. true. It's true. <laughs> but like, I don't know, in my 20s, I like... Hey, men were not thinking about that. I can count on my hand. A lot of guys weren't. You're right. A lot of guys just wanted to get their little nut off and go about their business and just say, yeah, you know who I just hit. But they were there were some guys who took pride in what they did. And so I'm thankful. The thing that you're saying is I was just talking to someone about like these guys who make bets on whether or not they can lay a girl. And I'm like, guys still do that? I thought that was a TV thing, but guys still do it. And I'm just like, who does it? That's now my power and control have now been taken because I'm like, I wonder if any guys said to me, probably since, since people do that, like, yeah, I bet you can't hit her. And I'm like... That's just so toxic. Like, I so know. Is your self-esteem that low? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. People still do that? Like, crazy. So, like, out of all these bad relationships, situationships, encounters, what are the ultimate lessons? Like, what are we taking from this? I know for me, I'm definitely taking that I f- have learned how to value myself. I've learned what I don't want. I've learned how important it is for me to... Uh, choose a man that's emotionally available that can uh, that is willing to like grow with me understand me be consistent (laughs) um Mm -hmm. and those are the things that are like non-negotiables for me and as soon as i see something that's not that i swiftly pack my bags i swiftly get my stuff and keep it moving because i just i don't i don't know i just don't have i don't have time for that anymore and so yeah i, I completely agree i i feel like th- at this point in my life i am open to whatever happens mm-hmm. so what what are the things that you feel like you've learned um definitely just not not bending on what you believe in the non-negotiables you mentioned i believe if it, you have a non-negotiable and i mean i feel like i feel like there's a list non Negotiable, flexible, and then no. I mean, then like um, <laughs> no. Yes, I'll deal with. But if it's on your non-negotiable list, I don't think you should ever bend or fold on that because down the line it will bother you. Now, what I will say, being like um, being married eight years now, is that there are some things that I thought was non-negotiable, and they ended up becoming flexible because I because it, it just wasn't realistic. Some things are just not realistic, right? Like me and my husband, um, I'm the planner in the family, and so I hate that my husband doesn't plan like the events and like the travel and things like that and so before that's something that I don't think would have been a non-negotiable but now I'm like I'm flexible I'm not gonna miss out on my soulmate because he doesn't take initiative and in planning trips I think yeah for me that's silly and so no, I yeah. had to re-, re I had to revisit my non-negotiable list and see which one of those bullet points were flexible or which ones that I could live with little small things like sleeping with the TV on I mean that's very minor but um yeah I'm like these are on your lists (laughs) (laughs) you never know with people but definitely someone the initiative part I would like someone who takes initiative in certain things but I realized that that may not be who he is not because he's a man but that's just not who he is everyone's not an initiative taking person and I realized that I should not take that personal or as an attack on me like I can't believe you didn't do this for me when that's just not part of their personality 
And that's what I mean when we have to reevaluate our non-negotiable list because the person that we may fall in love with may not just have that. And am I willing to oh, give yeah, up this relationship for this thing he does to us? <laughs> He's like other 10 other positive qualities that he has. And I'm not willing to, you know, disrupt our relationship for that. And so, mm. you know, it's, it's- So, but, but, but wait, but like, how did that show? Like, I feel like not taking initiative is probably a non-negotiable for me in the courting stage. Like how else are we gonna, like he did take initiative. Obviously, if you're married, he- Mm-mm took you out he planned dates he guys change when they marry you oh (laughs) when they got you it's they got you that's why i'm still single girl (laughs) (laughs) you can keep that over there (laughs) but some of the things you do end up noticing i was i I live with my husband before we got married and a lot of people don't believe in that and believe in shacking Mm -hmm. up and stuff but Mm -hmm. i'm a firm believer that you should live with your partner before you marry them that all out the way so you can see how they are up in the house how they how they sleep how they clean how they handle bills. i feel like i will live with you when we're engaged, <laughs> engaged. i'm not living that's with fair. you before that. that's yeah. fair i'm happy that i live with my husband before we even got engaged because i was able to see everything and i and you know it's just like a saves you time no <laughs> I mean, look, a lot of people don't like doing it. I'm, I'm a fr- after doing it. I'm, I know my mom did not want me to do it, but I'm happy that I did it. I was gonna say that my non-negotiables are. Um, I feel like things that are like important. You know, I'm not very picky when it comes to like you've got to like dress in suits and you know, like my non-negotiables are you're emotionally available, you treat me with respect, like yeah, you care about family, like they're yeah. things that are important. You Those know? are like basic human. They're human not rights. though. If they were. People People wouldn't be married right, to right, trash all the time. Like, Those are good non-negotiables. Like, do you res- respect? Yeah. Think about how many people are in relationships with people that don't respect. Them. Yeah, or respect the way you dress. I mean, that's a, I feel like that's a big one. But that was also one that I became flexible in. What do you Some mean respect the way you dress? That. But like, when I wore tiny clothes and stuff, when I was a little bit smaller, <laughs> and I would wear these, you know, small, short, small skirts and have everything hanging out. My husband didn't necessarily like that. I mean, my husband's a Muslim man. He didn't like necessarily for me to be out like that. Well. And that is something I was flexible on. I got to wear a skirt that's not as short. I, res- I respect that. My husband doesn't want to be out on the street with me when I look like that. And I have to respect that. I'm yeah. not about to sit here and my body, my rights. Okay, I can do <laughs> Yeah, it depends on your preference. Like I said, it's about yeah. you and what you're willing to compromise on. Like, right? And me I think dressing differently is. is not something I'm willing to compromise on. I'm gonna. But do you dress like that anyway? Yeah, you know I dress like that. You know I love a crop top. I mean, I don't, I don't dress like in super short skirts, but I'm always wearing crop tops. Half my wardrobe is crop tops. Like, yeah, but and- I think for me being like six one, and then I, I just, I don't know. I respect and understood that this may be too much for you when we're out. Yeah. No, Oh, I can I could get that, but I probably I don't know. When I think about relationships, I want to be a hundred percent who I am, and mm-hmm. I want that person to accept it, and I want to be able to do the same for them. So yeah, there's like things we're gonna compromise on, but me the way I dress is not gonna be one of them. Okay, yeah, that's just me. Got to be who I be in longer <laughs> skirts. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. saying I'm, wear my, I'm not saying I'm gonna wear a skirt down to my knees first and foremost, but like booty booty shorts and stuff. Not that I can wear those now anyway. But 
I mean, I, I did make adjustments. So I will say that when it comes to long-term relationships, everybody makes sacrifices and compromise. Thank you guys for joining us for episode five. Um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Talk About It Sis podcast. Um, feel free to DM us. Let us know some subjects that you want to hear. We've been receiving a lot of DMs from you guys in general about topics. So yeah, keep them coming. Um, and we'll see you in episode six. Bye.